Hello everyone, this is BPI Trade and you are listening to Traders Takedown, a podcast that tackles the latest news and updates in the Philippine stock market. Hosted by market experts from the research and sales team who will help transform complex market stories into easy-to-understand investment ideas. So tune in and allow us to help you cut through the noise and make well-informed investment decisions anytime, anywhere. Hello and good day, everyone. Welcome to another edition of BPI Podcast, Traders Takedown. This is Edward Nacinto, sales trader from BPI Securities, and I hope everyone is doing well and safe. In today's episode, we will do a technical feature on the Philippine market and discuss reasons behind its current movement. Also, I am joined today by Miguel Rodriguez, who will later on discuss about a very unique and interesting topic related to the market, which is about fund flow analysis or how foreign flows affect our market and particular stocks as well. Hello, Miguel. Glad to have you on board again today. Hi, Jody, and hi to all our listeners. Once again, happy as well to share my thoughts on the market, especially what Jody mentioned, very unique topic for today. Thank you, Miggy. So now let me give you a brief technical picture on the PSEI index. During the first week of March, we were trading right above the 7,200 level. And we did see a major sell-off in the market, which saw prices move back below the 6-8 level. But we did see a bounce back and we did try to test the 7-2 level once again. But currently, prices have corrected again and moved below your 20-day and 200-day moving average and back below the 7,000 level. So we saw a rally back to the 7,200 level, but prices were unable to break past your corrective trend line. And then we drifted sideways from there. And then after which we saw a, a substantial drop in the market last week as prices failed to move past your uh, downtrend line and your uh, MACD weakened back into a bearish correction. So the steep drawdown was also driven by the market's uh, inability to hold above two key major moving averages, your 20-day moving average and your 200-day moving average at the 7,050 and the 7,070 level. Moreover, the two-week rally that preceded the sell-off was accompanied by below-average volumes, which also attributed to the unsustainability of the up-move. So currently, prices are now below all its major moving averages, while three out of the four lines are sloping downward, indicating a short to medium-term downside risk. Although on a longer view, the index is still within a larger consolidation pattern, which is currently above two supportive lows, one at 6.9 and the other at 6,800, and its two-year uptrend line at 6,750. The market now looks to build a firmer base at these levels unless we see a break of 7,050 low, which may push prices back into deeper bearish ground. So we believe that traders are still staying defensive until we see a clear break above its corrective trend line or if momentum moves back into positive territory. Jody, what are the factors that have contributed to the market's short-term weakness? Thank you, Migs. We saw last month that uh, the spike in oil and commodity prices, uh, together with the war in Ukraine, led the market lower. But since, oil has uh, dropped. And right now, uh, investors are pretty concerned about interest rates and uh, inflation moving forward. So firstly, um, recently, the U.S. Central Bank moved to start hiking interest rates to curb uh, record high inflation. So the Fed began to raise rates last March with a 25 basis points increase to a rate of around 0.5%. 
They also plan to aggressively raise rates further until a year-end target of around 1.5 to 2%. And aside from this, the Fed also signaled plans to reduce its balance sheet of bond holdings. They target around $95 billion a month starting May. So these factors have put upside pressure on bond yields. Now, U.S. bond yields have been rising since the start of the year. So far, the U.S. 10-year bond has a yield of around 2.8%. And this came from around 1.5% three months ago. So this is around 130 basis points increase. And in the local front, our bond market has been tracking the rise in U.S. yields. So our 10-year Philippine bond yield, or BVAL, has risen to 6% from around 4.8% to begin the year. Now, bond yields rise due to the expectations of higher interest rates. So despite the Philippine Central Bank kept rates unchanged, the BSP has also flagged that it may start hiking rates by the second half of this year. And so yields have gone up in anticipation of this and due also to the expected high inflation. Also, as older bond prices become less attractive, bond traders tend to sell their current bonds prematurely and look for new higher yielding bonds as well. What are the consequences of these higher yields regarding you know, the impact it has on equities? Yes, higher yields have been making bonds a more attractive investment. So perhaps fund managers have been reallocating into the fixed income market and away from the riskier stock market. Also, moving into the bond market may gain higher yields versus the average dividend yield of stocks. Meanwhile, this has also sapped liquidity from the stock market, which has made it difficult for prices to recover. Another reason is uh, stock valuations tend to decline. As it becomes more expensive for companies to issue debt with higher rates, their cost of capital rises, and thus their bottom rises may contract. As long-term yields rise, the risk-free rate which analysts use to compute company valuations also increases. So therefore, a higher risk-free rate equals to lower projections. And finally, we have also lowered our PSCI target recently from 8,600 to around 7,800, which is a 9% downgrade for 2022. So overall, investors have stayed risk-averse, plus with the upcoming elections, there are still a lot of uncertainties and headwinds out there to keep traders from aggressively entering the market. Okay, so that wraps up the update on the market. And now let's move to our next topic regarding fund flow analysis. So right now I'll pass the mic to Miggy so he can explain how fund flow analysis affects the market. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jody. Hi again, everyone. Thanks first of all listening to our weekly podcast for uh, DPI Trade. So allow me to share my thoughts right now regarding fund flows analysis. So let's first delve into the importance of foreign flows with respect to our market. So first, uh, looking at flows, it's a simple but crucial type of analysis a trader can add to his or her arsenal uh, in addition to uh, using fundamental and uh, technical analysis when making investment decisions. How does this work? This enables us to monitor where money is flowing, whether in or out of certain stocks, so, so we can have an idea whether this large buyer continuing to accumulate, you know, possibly supporting an uptrending stock or selling shares heavily in a downtrend. Definitely a position we want to avoid. So Miguel, how can these flows be monitored? Well, these flows can be watched closely by tracking the broker activity. 
buy this, can monitor who the consistent buyers and sellers are, if they're uh, present weekly or daily or even monthly. So uh, this gives us a better uh, perspective on whether or not big buyers and sellers uh, are present in a particular stock. Another good thing to track are ongoing company share buyback programs. This is actually visible in the uh, PSE Edge portal wherein uh, they show uh, daily updates of the uh, amount of shares purchased and as well as the price. This is also very helpful so that we'll know whether or not the company is trying to support the stock and uh, getting more shares out from the open market. So yeah, it's also noteworthy to highlight the Philippine market is heavily reliant on foreign funds. To give everyone a perspective, allow me to share the current state of foreign activity this year. 39% of total market volume this year is comprised of foreign funds. So the sell side has been overpowering the buy side. And just to give you a quick rundown of the figures, foreign buying year-to-date amounted to 204.3 billion, while uh, foreign selling, on the other hand, amounted to 211.8 billion. Adding this up give us a net foreign selling of 7.5 billion year to date. So, how does this stack up versus the numbers last year? So, uh, it's actually a complete contrast from 2021. Since foreign funds uh, were net buyers last year, net foreign buying actually amounted to 2.08 billion and yeah the market i uh, was doing quite better last year so i guess this can also be a testament to the importance of following flows yeah despite uh, you know our current data only factoring in pretty much the first quarter of 2022 we can see the acceleration of foreign outflows due to the weakening emerging market currencies including the philippine peso which uh, makes it more costly for uh, investors in terms of foreign exchange. And also, you know, uh, like Jody mentioned earlier, a shift to uh, safe haven assets such as the US dollar and fixed income instruments are being favored due to the uh, more attractive environment for yields at the moment. So yeah, uh, you know, comparing it, net foreign buying in the market last year, while currently our net foreign selling figure is quite strong, at uh, 7.5 billion. Moving on to how foreign inflows or outflows relate to price actions, uh, maybe some of you are wondering. So yeah, typically in our market, strong rallies are supported by foreign funds for both the bullish and bearish moves. So let's take a look at a few examples, starting with the, the inflows first. We have two examples for the inflows. First would be ICT. So net foreign buying for the stock year-to-date amounting to uh, $1.38 billion. So the stock is also up uh, quite significantly, 9.5% year-to-date, and has continued to be a uh, market leader, uh, definitely outperforming the PSCI. So uh, another stock with uh, quite sizable inflows is Meralco. So net foreign buying amounted to $895 million. And actually, the stock, the uh, top index performer for the year, the stock being up 23% year-to-date. As you can see, both of these stocks are significantly outperforming the index. And uh, this also proves that following uh, these types of foreign inflows can uh, definitely uh, be of good help 
when analyzing your trades and uh, your portfolio as well. Okay, so let's move on to the top foreign outflows year to date. First is uh, URC having a net foreign outflow of 2.45 billion. And the next is Globe figure of 2.69 billion. So these two are one of the uh, top foreign outflows registered in the market. Also affecting their share price with Globe being uh, one of the laggards down 27% year to date while the URC is down 8% a year to date. So we saw both uh, ends of the spectrum, both from inflows and outflows. And definitely uh, moving forward for the year is something we will closely track. And hopefully we'll be able to give you another update regarding these flows. So thank you, Miggy, for that very interesting topic about the fund flow analysis. So to summarize, we can see that there is a correlation between the three types of analysis, fundamental, technical, and fund flow analysis. So in particular, if a stock has a good fundamentals and has a good technical picture, as well as a good fund flow, and then more or less this may lead to the strong upside move of a particular stock. Whereas on the flip side, if a stock in particular has weak fundamentals as well as a weak technical picture, and we've seen a negative flows into the stock, this may also lead to further weakness in this particular stock. So sometimes we just have to wait for these outflows to end, and then we may see a better technical picture for the stock, and then the stock may start to advance as well. Aside from the two other types of analysis, uh, we believe that the fund flow analysis is also very important uh, in making better investment decisions and as well as tracking the market. All right. So thank you very much. And that's all we have for today. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast and hope everyone enjoyed and gained more insight on today's topics. So in behalf of Miguel, this is Edward from BPI Sec. Thank you and signing off. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the podcast creators, host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the policies and position of BPI Securities Corporation or its other employees. Any content provided does not intend to malign any group, individual, or anything. This podcast episode is purely for informational purposes only and shall not be construed as a solicitation to buy or sell any securities, futures, options, and or other financial instruments. To participate in any particular trading strategy or to provide any investment advice or service. Any recommendation herein does not pertain to any specific investment objective, financial situation, or any particular need of the listeners.